0: If we consider Gideon, um, I suppose in modern terminology, Gideon would have been called a wimp. Um, That, in effect, is what he was. Um, In Judges 6, we read, The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Ophrah that belonged to to Joash, the Abiezrite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a winepress to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Those were his words. But Sir, Gideon replied, If the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? What he was concerned about was that they were under the heel of the Midianites. Um, Our fathers told us uh, about when they, about the time when the Lord got them out of Egypt. But now the Lord has abandoned us and put us into the hand of Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have. So he encouraged him to go in the strength that he had, even though it only seemed pretty minimal to Gideon, and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? But Lord, Gideon asked, How can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. The Lord answered, I will be with you, and you will strike down all the the Midianites together. After all this, Gideon still wanted signs from God, which he got, and finally he defeated the Midianites. So despite his ditherings and weakness, Gideon was successful with a big help from God. So there was a case, not of old age, but feebleness. Gideon just was frightened of his own shadow. He he couldn't understand why the Lord would pick him. He didn't want to be picked. He just didn't want to get involved in any of this. But God had decided that he was the one, and he took him. God takes the weak things and uses them. Sometimes he doesn't take the obvious choices, like... Um, uh, David, I mean, who would have taken David to, to be king of Israel, um, a shepherd boy? If we take um, the woman of the, at the well G- that Jesus met in Samaria, uh, her, her life was a mess. She'd had five husbands and a living lover. She was chosen to give her he chose to give her a potted lesson in theology and to reveal that he was the Messiah. Quite amazing. She promptly rushed off to her village and fearlessly evangelized to the villagers, so much so that most of those became believers. This was a wonderful example of Jesus instructing and using a weak person to evangelize others. Um, She was a pretty grubby character for Christ to have picked on, um, with with all these husbands, a live-in lover, uh, she was the pits, really, of womanhood in Israel, and yet, and a Samaritan into the bargain, and yet Christ chose her to evangelize that village, and that piece of evangelization has gone all around the world. Uh, preachers all over the place still use it. It was a, it was a classic example of evangelization. Um, I don't know whether you've ever heard of Smith Wigglesworth. Um, he was a, an, um, an evangelist not so long ago. He's dead now, but um, he was a plumber in Bradford. His education was minimal. Um, he didn't, you know, he hadn't much, had much education at all. He married a woman who was a preacher, a lay preacher, and uh, really he was in her shadow all the time. And yet all of a sudden God chose to use that man um, to pass his word on and to do amazing miracles. Quite, if you, there are three or four <laughs> books written, not by Smith Wigglesworth. He wouldn't write books. I don't think he could write books. His, his English wasn't very good. But other people quoted his sermons and wrote for him. So there are three, four, maybe five books about him. And they are. They're breathtaking, I can assure you. He stopped mending broken pipes. Um, what happened? He was baptized in the Holy Spirit up in Sunderland, and instead of mending broken pipes as a plumber, he started to mend people so it was um, you know it was quite a change for him. He brought people back from the dead, he healed the the injured and the wounded and the sick um, one of the one of the most amazing healings was a man who only had one leg. All he had on the other side was a stump. Now, you know, people think that that kind of healing can't happen. But um, Smith Wigglesworth had a word from God that that man was going to be healed. And he said to him, what size shoes do you take? So the man said, well, I take a size eight. He said, on one foot. So Wigglesworth said, well, go and get another shoe for the other foot. And the man said, well, that's ridiculous. He said, no. I want you to go and do that. So he did. He went off and he went to a shop. I don't think he could have bought one shoe. He must have bought a new pair and brought them back. Smith Wigglesworth prayed for him and the stump grew into a full foot and leg and he was able to put those shoes on and walk out the church. Now, that is a miracle. That's amazing. You can't say, you know, um, uh, well, he would have got healed anyway or anything like this. You can't cover it over that was a pressed down and running over miracle. And that's what Smith Wigglesworth had. Um, wherever he went, they must have got fed up with him. He, practi- he preached about baptism in the Holy Spirit. And that's what he pushed all the time. And that's what gave him his power. When he, although he'd been baptized for it by immersion, when he received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, which he sought, and only Jesus can do this, Smith Wigglesworth received these gifts of healing, quite amazing, and travelled worldwide, New Zealand, the United States, some of the islands, Sri Lanka, um, all over the place. They still remember Smith Wigglesworth uh, for what what he did. Uh, Old age is often regarded as a good reason for easing off working for God. But take the case of Anna, you may remember Anna was in the temple. She was married seven years, um, then was widowed, and she spent the rest of her life until she was 84 in the temple fasting and praying. Now, she spent a long, long time in the temple waiting for Christ. That's what, That was the burden put on her. And then she saw the baby, and as the Bible says, she rejoiced. Um, it was the end of her penance, as it were. She'd seen the Christ, the, 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 the God, the living God. So a life of prayer and practice, waiting for the coming of the Savior. Proverbs 10 says, The fear of the Lord adds length to life. The fear of the Lord. Psalm 71, verse 18 says, Even when I am old and gray, do not forsake me, O God, till I declare your power to the next generation, your might to all who are to come. We've all got uh, a duty, particularly perhaps elderly people, to pass the message on. Um, That's why Sunday school is so important, that children hear about God, the true God, the real God. um, That sets them up for the rest of their life. Um, So it's a vitally important thing for elderly people to pass the message on. It's something we really need to do, something God endorses and uh, is happy about. There's a book called The Secrets of the Second Half by Elizabeth Stugland. I'd like to read some bits from it. Um, I've got um, an extract here from it. The the first piece is is quoting from Robert Browning, Grow old along with me, the best is yet to be, the last of life for which the first was made. Our times are in his hand, who saith a whole I planned, youth shows but half. Trust God, see all, nor be afraid. So that was Robert Browning's comment. And then after that there's a passage, Whatever old age becomes to each of us, however depends on our attitudes, If we determine that our ageing is going to be a downhill process, it probably will be just that. If we decide it can be a positive time, there's a good chance that it will be. Youth is not a time of life, it is a state of mind. Nobody grows old by merely living a number of years. People grow old only by deserting their ideals. Years may wrinkle the skin but to give up interest wrinkles the soul. Worry, doubt, self-distrust, fear and despair, these are the long years that bow the head and turn the growing spirit back to dust. Whether 70 or 16, there is in every being's heart the love of wonder, the sweet amazement at the stars and the star-like things and thoughts." the undaunted challenge of events, the unfailing childlike appetite for what is next, and then joy and the game of life. You are as young as your faith, as old as your doubt, as young as your hope, as old as your despair. These were words taken from uh, Samuel Ullman and quoted in the, uh, in the book. I'd like to um, just—we've touched on baptism in the Holy Spirit—and I'd like to just mention it. I'm sure you are aware of it. Um, Some people receive this special blessing when they're baptized by full immersion. Some people receive it before, and some people receive it after. If you read the Book of Acts, you'll you'll see that in there, um, where it quotes that baptism in full immersion is for forgiveness. So baptism in Holy Spirit is rarely for outreach. When, you, If you are baptized in Holy Spirit you will know it. There's no question. Um, I know when I, I went across to Ashburnham because I was seeking it, hands were laid on me and uh, the world just crashed in on me. I broke down in tears. Um, I, I'd sort of brought all my sins to the surface and they were all wiped out and um, I never looked back after that, and my wife had the same experience in a church in Nordium. Um, so, if you are seeking baptism and Holy Spirit, and it's it's for every Christian, only Christ can do it. I can't do it. Jim can't do it. Nobody can do it other than Christ. But we can pray with you for it. And if you desire this, my wife and I will be available after the service just to pray with you and lay hands uh, on you. So, there's an open invitation. Shall we pray? Dear Lord, in Romans 12, we are told that we do not all have the same function, and yet we are one body. We have different gifts. Help us, Lord, to use our gifts to the full and to your glory. In Christ's name, amen.